This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. Hi guys. It's just us. <laughs> Where have we been? It's been a while since it was just us. <laughs> I know. Uh, we've been a little busy, so I, I, we're sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's so, just life. So basically, we've had a ton of growth at the clinic, and that has we required- We can't call it a clinic. The a, wellness center. Well, we can call it that, actually. We can, but it puts us in a gray spot. Anyway, the place where we see people, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we've had we've had a lot of new employees coming in, mm-hmm. and it's required a lot of our time to do training and just figure out the chaos of it all. It's true. So, so that's where we're at, but we're back, and today we are talking about mitochondrial function. Yeah, mitochondria, which probably most people remember a little bit about from biology class in high school. Maybe. <laughs> it's the powerhouse of the cell, right? That's that's all we know, right? And that's all we know. Mitochondria is super cool though. Don't worry. We're not going to get into the nitty gritty. The specifics of mitochondrial function are mind boggling, right? Mm, You've got the right. whole Krebs cycle and yeah. redox and all that crazy stuff. We don't necessarily need to go into all of that. Right, exactly. But we do want to talk about why it's important mm-hmm. and why if you don't take care of this, yeah. you may not see good results with anything else that you do. Right. If you're trying to heal from something, especially if it's a really, you know, foundational health issue. Right. You've got to take care of the mitochondria first. Right. Otherwise, all those other treatments and things you do, they could even make you worse. Well, and a lot of uh, alternative doctors in the alternative cancer circles, they all say that cancer is caused by mitochondrial dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Even so, like, yeah, they're the powerhouse of the cell, but it, that means a lot because of that powerhouse. It, it's like if you if you chronically run on a low battery, you're going to have a low functioning system. Right. And so how do we recharge that battery? It's not as simple as like oxygen in, oxygen out. Nope. You know, it's not as simple as sugar in, sugar out. You know, you you got to make sure that the kitchen is prepped to mix those ingredients together and produce this beautiful cake. Right. And so let's let's figure out how we fix up that kitchen. Let's how do we make sure that our mitochondria is optimally functioning what destroys mitochondrial function what enhances mitochondrial function and so that we you know Tristan and I have even discussed with Provo Health maybe you know we, we always start with the gut but maybe we need to start with the mitochondrial function so we're actually mm-hmm. bringing in a new device to measure how people's bodies are functioning and it's these different systems that we're measuring to show us how well the mitochondria is functioning and do you want to talk a little bit more about that before we get into what hinders and what helps mitochondria? The measurement? Yes. Yeah. So basically what, what we're going to start using to measure mitochondrial function, at least you know, partially measure it, is uh, heart rate variability. Mm-hmm. Now, heart rate variability is the variation in the speed of your heart rate, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Because... Well, you've probably taken your pulse before and you found that your heart rate was, you know, 75 beats per minute. That's an average. But what's really going on is that your heart will be beating very fast. It could be beating up to like 90 beats per minute for fractions mm-hmm. of a second. Mm-hmm. And it could get as low as like 50 beats per minute and some people even lower. Right. And it's going through this pattern. So if you were to map it out, 
it would be making this wave pattern yeah. on a graph, mm-hmm. right? And that's really important because that, for one, is an indicator of our autonomic nervous system, right? which is how we respond to stress, mm-hmm. right? So if you think of the fight or flight system, you have a tiger show up and you need to run for your life. Yep. That's your autonomic nervous system kicking in, telling you, whoa, we've got to get the heck out of here. Also known as the sympathetic nervous system. That would be yeah. the sympathetic nervous system. A lot of people system. know it as the sympathetic nervous system. You know, well, that, That's that part of the autonomic nervous system. There's, yes. there's fight or flight and there's rest and digest. Well, so as soon as that tiger disappears, what's supposed to happen is that you are supposed to no longer be in parasympathetic dominance. You are now meant to be relaxed and calm and able to heal and regenerate again. Right. And that's the parasympathetic nervous system. Right. And this heart rate variability is basically telling us how well your body is able to transition back and forth as needed. Mm-hmm. Right. It's your, your, we'll call it your flexibility in terms of stress. Right. So good heart rate variability means you can b- bounce back and forth quickly. Bad heart rate variability means that you are going to have struggles right. when it comes to that. And that's basically what that is. But we also know that heart rate variability is very closely tied to your mitochondrial function. Mm-hmm. And how do we know that? Well, because of uh, when you actually look at all the measurements is and it, things. Is it too like scientific? Well, it, it can get very technical. But mm-hmm. one of the measurements of heart rate variability, if we once again do a bunch of really complex math on it, is we can look at the power mm-hmm. that you are producing. Right. And if that total power is really low, mm-hmm. that's a strong indicator that your mitochondrial function is also not working very well. Yeah. And when we see that, that tells us, oh, we've got a very fundamental issue that we need to address Mm -hmm. before we can go into any of our fancy other protocols that we do. And heart rate variability is a measure of that power. And heart rate variability helps us to see that power level. Okay. Right. So, so basically by looking at your heart rate variability, Mm -hmm. we can get a, a gauge yeah. Of how much power your body is able to produce. Yeah. And of course we're looking specifically at the heart, mm-hmm. but the heart is the core of what your body needs to do. Right. If, if the heart is struggling, mm-hmm. everything else is struggling. Everything else. Does. There's a saying, the heart eats first, mm-hmm. meaning your body will sacrifice virtually everything else. All your organs. Before, <laughs> before it starts to <laughs> deprive the heart of what it needs. Mm-hmm. So if the heart is showing issues, you better believe there's systemic the stuff going on, right? Right. So is that a, a good enough explanation? So, of yeah. Okay. So we're going to start doing that type of measurement. Mm-hmm. And in our wellness center. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're going to be doing to determine whether we need to start at a more fundamental level. And I can tell you right now, just based on the little bit of measurement that I've done, mm-hmm. it's going to be common. I know. We're, That's like the people that we have measured so far. It's, yeah, we are a society that is chronically running at high stress. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about this enough. Right. And it is, it's literally killing us. It is. It is. It's it's making ourselves so deprived of the mm-hmm. natural energy that they yep. need that they cannot 
prevent disease. Right. They you know, cannot function properly. What's really interesting was uh, with our Zoom call with the premium Gutsy Health members, we had Aubrey Taylor on and she was talking about, you know, tapping into the subconscious mm-hmm. to reprogram your body for health and healing because you can do, you can check off your list, right? Absolutely. Eat well, do all the things. Take all the supplements. Take all the supplements and you still don't feel well. Yeah. There's a very real mental, emotional component that triggers that parasympathetic and that sympathetic nervous system. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's the reprogramming of that. And I, and I told the members that night, I said, how many people know of someone or are you that someone that goes to the gym for two hours a day? Mm. How many people listening here are just hitting the gym two hours a day, like seven days a week, you know, and, and they're thinking this is what is going to make me healthy. Yeah. And then they're sicker, their hormones get worse. They keep gaining weight. And I said, what if we took that 120 minutes and we divided into 40 minutes and you worked out hard for 40 minutes and you prepped food for 40 minutes and you worked on mental health and well-being and subconscious retraining for 40 minutes, your outcome to healing will be exponential versus trying to hit the gym for two hours exponential because you are taking a holistic approach and you're working on the emotional part, the physical part, the chemical part, because we are, we aren't just, we aren't just calories in calories out, right? Right. We aren't just beings of happy thoughts or unhappy thoughts. We aren't just chemical beings that, you know, food in food out. It's everything works synergistically and measuring this mitochondrial function what has been really eye-opening for me is that we are not working on our mental game. We're not working on our emotional game. Right. We're not working on our spiritual game, right? Like yep. we, we got to prioritize it the same way we prioritize hitting the gym, the same way we prioritize right. prepping food in the kitchen. So to kind of put this into context, you, you know, because we talk about this on almost every single episode we do, we need to get back to what our species evolved to do. Mm-hmm. And the further we get away from what our ancestors did and the environment they lived in, Mm -hmm. the sicker we get. Right. This is why all of our medical and scientific advancements are not leading to higher quality of life Mm -hmm. or higher quantity of life. Yep. I mean, we can say that we've got great quality of life because we've got Netflix on tap all the time. But <laughs> we have smartphones and AirPods. And- but as a species, I think it's fair to say that we are more depressed and more anxious than we have ever been mm-hmm. in spite of all of the conveniences and comforts that we have. Yeah. Right. And we know that we're sicker than we've ever been. Yep. We may not be dying of uh, viruses nearly as much as we used to, although this year, maybe that's not even true, (laughs) but chronic disease is rampant in a way that it never has been before. Mm -hmm. And all of this is because we have strayed from the light, which is what we evolved to do on a daily basis. So what I mean by that is how many of you in the last week have spent more than one hour in nature? I haven't even done that. Yeah. It's, I haven't either because mm. the air quality has been so bad <laughs> that I don't even want to go outside. Actually, I did spend an hour outside with the kids playing in the park. Great. So one hour in the last yep. week. <laughs> and and I'm guessing that that's pretty common. In fact, for some of you, there is no nature. There's mm. maybe a park somewhere yeah. in the city. But the fact is that we are very deeply connected. And I'm not just speaking in a spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. Our health is dependent on our ability to connect with nature. Yep. 
And because we've lost that, it actually has a direct effect on our mitochondrial function. It does. It really does. In fact, one of the things that may just blow your mind about how you can improve your mitochondrial function is watching the sunrise. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do terrible at this. In fact, we live on the side of a mountain (laughs) in a canyon. We can't watch a sunrise. By the time we see the sun, it's like midday. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that just the process of seeing the sunrise has a physiological effect in our bodies because it helps to stimulate in a a roundabout way. It helps to stimulate the production of melatonin. Mm -hmm. What does melatonin do? Do you know? I do. What? It helps people. It's well. It's very anti-inflammatory. It yep. helps stimulate the immune system. Yep. Um, it helps with brain function, yep. sleep, uh, neurological regulation. Yeah, and and don't just gloss over sleep. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly important to getting good quality sleep. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get good quality sleep, we do not heal and regenerate. Right. In fact, what have we started doing? We have started creating fake lighting mm-hmm. right and we look at fake lighting all day long right you know it's it's synthetic i mean yep. we talk about synthetic vitamins we talk about synthetic food we talk about synthetic whatever's right like synthetic sunlight it stimulates our brains differently okay. you know so looking at natural sunlight that stimulates you know your pituitary isn't it it's a pituitary response yeah. which mm-hmm. creates a chemical response throughout your body right. um do you know the specific mechanism as to why watching the sunrise is so beneficial to our mitochondria? So it's uh, one one of the aspects of it is it's the color of the light. Mm-hmm. Sunrise light is almost exclusively red light, mm. whereas artificial lighting that we keep in the house is almost exclusively blue, blue light. Yep. Now blue light suppresses melatonin production. Mm-hmm. Red light it doesn't necessarily stimulate it, but it primes it. Mm-hmm. Right, it primes the pituitary. Uh, the the pineal gland, mm-hmm. sorry, to start producing melatonin. Mm-hmm. But we need the right wavelengths of light at the right time of day yeah. in order for this process to happen properly. Mm-hmm. And how did that pattern develop? Through evolution. Yeah. Right? We evolved watching the sunrise. We evolved with nature. Uh-huh. We're just so patterns if, of nature. If you think of nature you can figure out exactly when your body needs what kinds of light Mm -hmm. at first thing in the morning and last thing at night, it needs red light Mm -hmm. in the middle of the day. It can handle some blue light. Yeah. But we are doing kind of the opposite of that. We're doing middle of the day light all day long. We're doing blue light all day long. And our kids are more stressed and anxious than they have ever been in the history of ever. Right. So this goes way beyond circadian rhythms, right? This isn't just that it's throwing off our body's ability to know when it's supposed to sleep. It's throwing off mitochondrial function. It's it's throwing off our mitochondrial function. It's throwing off melatonin production, which Mm -hmm. as Johnny mentioned, affects so many things. Your your ability to fight off cancer Mm -hmm. depends in large part on your melatonin production. One of the big theories about why children do so much better with COVID is that they have higher levels of melatonin melatonin in their system. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is huge. It's huge. And we are neglecting it 1000% as a society. Right. So. And, and just to let you guys know, like we're not experts at this either. Oh no. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? Like we, we're still trying to balance our lives. So no judgment, no. you know, but becoming aware and then maybe trying to pattern your life after, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe instilling early morning rituals mm-hmm. into your lifestyles can be really, really helpful. Yep. Um, okay. So what are some things now that we've learned about mitochondria and nature and how it's important, yep. what are some ways that we can help boost mitochondrial function? And what are some ways, should we talk about, why don't we talk about the ways that we destroy mitochondrial function? Yeah. Should we start there? Because so virtually everything we do, stress, right? stress, stress, 100% burns out mitochondrial function. Mm-hmm. Our, yeah. our sleep wake patterns mm-hmm. are a huge problem. Yep. We're going to bed at like one in the morning. Mm-hmm. We're, I mean, depending on your phase of life, you're either waking up at like six when your kids get up or Mm -hmm. six so you can get ready for work or you're sleeping in until noon if you're in college, right? That's not, that's not how the human body was designed to sleep. Right. It was meant to basically go to bed shortly after sunset Mm -hmm. and wake up somewhere around sunrise. Yep. Um, so that's a big factor, Yep. right? Stress, huge, huge factor. Ginormous. And, and not just stress, right? Humanity has always dealt with stress. This Mm -hmm. has always been a part of the human experience because we live in a hostile world that doesn't seem to want us to be alive. Mm -hmm. But there's a huge difference between the types of stress that we have now and the types of stress that we historically have had. Yeah. There's a really great book out there. I can't remember the author. It's about zebras, right? But the book I is called that. <laughs> um, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Mm-hmm. Zebras, if you think about it, they live a very stressful life. They're constantly on the hunt for food, looking for water. Oh, and the water is filled with crocodiles that want to eat them. Mm-hmm. Right? Their, their lives are dangerous. There's the lions that also want to eat them. But they don't have a lot of the illnesses that we have. And it's not just because they're zebras. It's because of basically they don't have the ability to linger their thoughts on everything that's stressful. Mm -hmm. So back in the day when we were more like the zebras, we had these very real concrete stressors. Mm -hmm. It was enemies. It was predators. It was whatever. When we came across them, our autonomic nervous system was really good. Our fight or flight system was really good at kicking in, Mm -hmm. giving us the jolt of adrenaline and cortisol that we needed to take care of business and stay alive. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as that stressor passed, we almost immediately could go back to feeling good and calm and, and happy again. Right. But then something happened. We evolved. We, we (laughs) didn't evolve, but we advanced our technology. Mm. We got rid of a lot of the immediate dangers. We no longer have to fear saber-toothed tigers, Bears. <laughs> things like that. Mm-hmm. But we created new kinds of stress for ourselves. Yeah. And these new kinds of stress we have not evolved to cope with mm-hmm. because it's the kind of stress that is very ambiguous. Yeah. Like, what if I did something my boss doesn't like? Right. What if I fail this test? What if I fail this test? What if my partner never forgives me for blah, blah, blah? Mm-hmm. And so what happens is we don't go through the normal stress response cycle where we are activated and we get stuff done and then we recover. Right. We get activated about something, by the way, that may not even be real. Mm -hmm. Like, does this person think that I'm terrible? Yeah. 
I have no idea, but I'm going to assume that they do. Yeah, our imagination takes over. Mm-hmm. We stress about it and it doesn't go away. Yeah. So our stress levels stay high, high, high. Mm-hmm. And we get stuck in this sympathetic state. Yeah. Right. I mean, how many of you have been told that you are sympathetic dominant? Right. Probably all of you, Not if you've well. talked to someone who knows what that is. Right. And that is. Do you a, want to tell people what sympathetic dominant is, though? Because well, it's it's like, when you're stuck in the the fight stressed. or flight, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So sympathetic is so, fight or flight. So parasympathetic is rest and how many restore. people have adrenal fatigue? That's because yes. you've been sympathetic dominant for years. So basically, you've been stuck in that state for so long mm-hmm. that your body is now unable to keep up. Yep. Your body has basically said, "We are out of fuel because you're we can't ge- keep doing this." Exactly because your adrenals that re- that stress response. You know, it's supposed to. You're supposed to sprint and then mm-hmm. stop. Right. But what we've been doing is we've been sprinting, and then that mm-hmm. sprint turns into a mile. And then that mile turns into a half marathon and then that turns into a marathon. And now we've been running a marathon for years and years and years. And the body's not supposed to run marathons for years and years and years. It's supposed to do sprints every now and then. Yeah. And we are constantly just running, running, running. And the body burns out. Right. Except that your mind doesn't, Mm -hmm. which puts you in this hell (laughs) where you are physically... Mm-hmm. burned out mm-hmm. but you are emotionally still wired and that's where that term comes from tired but wired tired and wired mm-hmm. yep it's an awful awful place to be because your brain is basically forcing you to keep going yeah and it's the only thing keeping you from collapsing into total exhaustion and then that in turn let's bring it back to mitochondria it just burns out your powerhouses right that, that mitochondria you, and your yeah. cells now, now keep in mind, we have mitochondria in virtually every cell in our body, except our, except our red blood cells. Mm-hmm. And if, once again, if they're not doing their jobs, the cells aren't doing their jobs. Uh, can we talk, because we spoke about evolution. I want to talk about the evolution of the mitochondria for a second. Sure. It is it's theorized by scientists that the mitochondria was the first part of the cell to ever be, like to ever be, actually, because it it morphed from bacteria. Mm-hmm. And so so bacteria turned into mitochondria. And that was the very first organelle to ever exist in, I don't know, the world, right. I guess. Yeah. And then other things started to morph around it. So think about it. Like the mitochondria is like the foundation of the cell. It had to exist first mm-hmm. in order for everything else to exist around it. Right. That's why it evolved first. Yep. It had to be the the baseline the foundation the the battery you know so so again it it makes sense that this is something that we have to protect right right and it's intricate in everything you know so so what other things what are some other fun things to learn about mitochondria well uh, i mean so we 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 were we were talking about things that that go wrong right so stress sleeplessness sleeplessness right oh and we didn't even talk about like Melatonin, by the way, very important for apoptosis mm-hmm. and phagocytosis. Okay, so apoptosis is cell death. It's like cells dying. programmed intentional cell death. Yes, because a forever cell is a cancer cell. Exactly. So we want cells to die. We want yep. them to live, do their job, and then be done. And mm-hmm. then you you poop them out or you recycle their materials. You got it. So so apoptosis and phagocytosis. So for them to be chewed up by other cells. Right. So and it's kind of like recycling of mm-hmm. parts, right? Yeah. yeah. So 
So once again, sleep, so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing it, you are not going to be mitochondrially healthy. (laughs) Is that a term? I don't know. It is now. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about food and how that plays into it. Please, let's do that. Processed food, y'all. There are so many different ways that this messes with you. And you already know this because we talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. But a big one is that processed food will throw your body into a highly acidic state. Mm -hmm. And in a highly acidic state, your cells are going to struggle to function properly. Mm -hmm. Right? Or they just require more resources to function properly. Well, look look at it this way one of the really important functions of cells is that they need to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And in order for them to communicate, they need positive and negative, negative. ions yep. available to them. Yep. Right. And one way to look at acidity and alkalinity is that it's a measure of the balance between those mm-hmm. negative and positive ions. Mm-hmm. So when you are in an acidic state, because you're eating primarily processed foods, yep. That means that you are so acidic. You have way too many of those positive ions. Mm -hmm. And that means your cells can't communicate properly. They don't have enough balance between the positive and negative to get their messages to each other. And if they can't communicate, they can't function. Exactly. Right? So um, processed food will just destroy you that way. Well, if they're not communicating that everything's sluggish, how many mm-hmm. people feel sluggish after eating? Right. How many people need to take a nap after eating? Mm-hmm. Right. How many people get brain fog after eating? Guess yeah. what? That is your body's inability to have the cells communicate, to have, you know, neurological impulses because yeah. a neurological impulse is literally, like you said, that exchange of positive to negative ions mm-hmm. in and out of cells in and out of the nerve cells, right? right? That's an impulse. And so when you have thrown off that, that acidity, Mm -hmm. that impulse isn't happening or it's happening at a slower rate. Right. Right. So I I love how you explain it like that. That's such a good visual. So keep going. And and going right along with that, the transfer of nutrients Mm -hmm. throughout the body, right? Which is in a lot of senses, it's the same thing as communication Mm -hmm. can't happen properly in a a highly acidic state, right? Which is not to say that you need to become super alkaline because that has its own problems. You need balance, But whole foods, a whole food diet that consists of a broad variety Mm -hmm. of food sources, both animal and plant, Mm -hmm. will ensure that you stay in that balanced state. Exactly. Now, another way that that your diet can really mess with your mitochondrial function is the omega ratios, Mm -hmm. right? So ideally, we should have a a fairly even balance of omega-6s to omega-3s. So omega-6s tend to come from... Things like grains, they're super high in a lot of um, processed oils, mm-hmm. right? Processed yep. foods in general are just super high in omega-6s. Right. Whereas omega-3s, you tend to get those from healthy fats, yep. um, especially from like fish, fish. Mm-hmm. right? And uh, traditionally, the human diet has contained somewhere between a one-to-one ratio and a, a three-to-one ratio of omega-6 to omega-3s. So three omega sixes to one omega three. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's okay if you have more. They don't have to be even, mm-hmm. but they need to be pretty close. Yeah. The current American diet, the ratio is something like twenty to one. Yep. Because once again, of and the balance. processed food and all of those refined oils right. that we're consuming. Right. Not to mention the processed grains and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, what happens when you have a bad balance of omegas? inflammation. Mm -hmm. You get tons and tons of inflammation. What is inflammation? It's basically cells on fire. Yep. Is that a fair way to put it? I think that's a great way to put it. (laughs) 
it, uh, it makes it very difficult for your body to do its job. It makes it very difficult for your mitochondria to produce energy. Right. If there's inflammation all over the place. Exactly. It makes your body, it makes everything hard for your body to do right. because now you're utilizing energy. Yeah. Mitochondrial you know, battery power Mm -hmm. to put out fires versus to Mm -hmm. repair your house. Sure. And so we have this mismanagement now and now we're burning, we're burning into our energy stores and we're making less energy because we have all this inflammation. It's this vicious cycle. Exactly. So that's why we need to keep our omegas in a good range. Mm -hmm. And of course there are people out there who will say that all the omegas are bad. That's a whole other another episode for another time. <laughs> I think I've hinted at this like five times. One of these days we will actually talk about it. One of these days. Um, but as of right now, our opinion is balance, balance mm-hmm. in all things. Yes. Right. Um, and don't you think that's so symbolic of life in general? There's balance in nature. There's balance in the planets. There's balance in, you know, uh, the seasons. Like yeah. everything's all about balance. We are right. literally, okay, this is me going hippie now, but... We are literally, we are an expression of nature, mm-hmm. right? And when nature is out of balance, things die. Right. You know, every, like everything has formed over like millions of years due to this fine line of balance. Yeah. And so we, we have to just be mindful of that and we can't derail ourselves from that balance because well, let- that's when we, like, that's, that's like our whole country. Right. We, over the past half a century, we have been coming less and less balanced absolutely and more and more sick and and you can see that in even the macro events that are mm-hmm. going on currently right these pandemics that are running rampant mm-hmm. the massive wildfires all of this stuff it's is the result of imbalance. imbalance the wildfires are occurring because there hasn't been balance in the past mm-hmm. and now nature is basically forcing that balance right and it's coming at the cost of people's homes, people's mm-hmm. lives, mm-hmm. the environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we live two states away right. from where most of these fires are taking place. And our air quality is terrible. Really bad. Mm-hmm. And most of the country is in the same situation. Right. So, so balance is incredibly important. And speaking of balance, we've got to get back to nature. Mm-hmm. So as we cut ourselves off from nature, we damage our mitochondrial function. Right. There's... There's a concept. I don't know if I want to go into it a whole bunch today, but it's called grounding. Mm-hmm. And it's basically into that because that's helpful for mitochondrial function. So the the really rough basic idea of it is that once again, we need positive and negative charge. Mm-hmm. They need to be balanced. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that the human body has traditionally accomplished that is through contact with the earth. Mm-hmm. The earth is like a giant grounding pad for us. It is. And our bare feet on the earth helps us to be grounded, Mm -hmm. meaning that electrical current can move through us properly, Right. to put it simply, right? Yep. Yep. What do we do now? We separate ourselves from the ground by several layers. Mm -hmm. There's concrete. Shoes. And on top of that, there's houses Mm -hmm. and then carpets and then shoes Mm -hmm. and then socks and then our feet. Right. And for a lot of us, I would say the vast majority of us, actual contact with the ground occurs a few times a year at most when we're on vacation. Mm -hmm. There's a few lucky people out there who maybe live on a beach. Right. And I bet you that your mitochondrial function is a lot better than most of us. Right. I'm jealous. I'm so jealous. You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, that grounding, it's, it's, 
so powerful. Mm-hmm. I was, um, I, I know we're getting derailed. I'm so sorry. No, we're, we'll this is, this. this is very relevant to mitochondrial function. It was really interesting because oh, you guys are going to think I'm so weird. I went and I made a drum out of Buffalo hide mm-hmm. and you know, and you put these, you set these intentions and the drum making was around the full moon energy. Mm-hmm. And I asked the instructor, I said, should we be all be turning off our cell phones while we're doing this? Because you guys are probably laughing and like, should we be switching off our cell phones? Because cell phone energy is so intense and moon energy is so subtle. And she said, you know, moon energy is not subtle. Earth energy is not subtle. It literally creates waves in the oceans. It raises soils by two inches per year. She says, these energies are not subtle, right? So when we're grounding ourselves to the, to the earth and we have this like this magnetic current ha- because the earth is a big fat magnet, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we are plugging ourselves into this magnet, it is literally changing the electricity in our own bodies, right? And this isn't a subtle energy, right? They, everything is moving on orbit. Like everything is moving because of these pulls and these pushes of energy and of magnetism. And so, so never underestimate the importance of grounding. It's mm-hmm. a, it's not a subtle therapy. And that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. There's another really great benefit to being out in nature. And that is that you are getting the right wavelengths of light into mm-hmm. your eyes mm-hmm. throughout the day. Well, and into your cells too, because every cell has a, um, uh, what's the, it has a way of absorbing photosynthesis or photo light or anyway, every single cell has an ability to absorb light. Right. They have photoreceptors. That's the word. Thank you. Yeah, photoreceptors. You, you Why betcha. didn't you correct me while I was like struggling there? I, I wanted you to get there on your own. <laughs> I um, didn't. And, and of course, one of the benefits of that, one of the many is the production of vitamin D, mm-hmm. natural vitamin D, not colocalciferol, the synthetic one. Right. Right. And vitamin D we all know and we are learning more and more every day that it is vital mm-hmm. to avoiding illness. Yeah. If your vitamin D drops, your risk of death from virtually every single cause goes up dramatically. Yep. Now there's a lot of debate out there on what the ideal vitamin D levels are. We've talked a little bit about it. Some people say 70 to 90. We actually have had a guest recently who said that number. Some people say 35 to 50 is better. Mm -hmm. But what we do know is that we probably don't want it to be any lower than 35. Yeah. And if you are outside getting sunlight, especially if you're not too far North, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to be fine there. Mm -hmm. Right. But, uh, but also those, those wavelengths that get to your light. Once again, very important for melatonin production. Right. Melatonin is incredibly important for mitochondrial function. Yeah. So basically when it comes down to it, everything unnatural that we do damages our mitochondrial function. Yeah. The more time we spend indoors, the more time we spend eating processed food, the more time we spend breaking our natural circadian rhythms and sleeping when we're not supposed to, waking when we're not supposed to, the worse our mitochondrial function is going to be yeah. and the worse our odds of recovering from the illnesses that plague us. Right. So in order for us to get back to health, we need to start at the basics. Right. 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 If we don't do this, then we're virtually doing the same thing that conventional medicine is guilty of all the time, which mm-hmm. is we're chasing symptoms. We're chasing numbers on a paper rather than addressing the 
fundamental foundational issues that are driving the disease in the first place. Right. So we've got to get back to the basics. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what those are. You can probably guess most of them just based on what we've already talked about. Stress management, nutrition. Now, stress management. There, there's other things too. We're going to we're gonna bring Aubrey on soon, right? Aubrey yeah. Taylor? Yes. And we're going to talk about some things that can really change your mental game mm-hmm. when it comes to stress. So Aubrey, if you're listening, we're bringing <laughs> we, the podcast. We've just committed <laughs> you. You can't get out of it now. <laughs> Um, but uh, that's going to be a huge one. And there's so much that goes into that. That's a whole series of podcasts that we could do. Mm -hmm. But the important thing is that you can't ignore it. You cannot get through life running on a combination of caffeine and alcohol to cope. You will not last long. You know that, but that's what we're doing essentially, right? We're artificially stimulating ourselves so we can get going every morning. Mm -hmm. And then we're artificially sedating ourselves so that we can relax every night. Right. And by the way, Netflix, it's not helping you. Yeah. It's not, it might be nice. It's a good distraction, but it is not the same thing as rest. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, that's a side note, but, um, but there's the stress piece of it. Um, what else? Nature. You've got to get out to nature. Mm -hmm. Even if that just means going to the local park, Mm -hmm. that's great. Mm -hmm. Walk barefoot on the grass at your park. Mm -hmm. Do it. Yeah. It'll help you ground. It'll help you get some real light. Mm-hmm. It'll help you just disconnect from all of the stressors of busy city life. But do it with your phone off. <laughs> Don't do it with your phone on or switch, you know, like put it on airplane mode. Right. You know, and like really, really, really. Like, I mean, and hopefully, hopefully, but now you already know that the the light from your phones is blue light, right? The light from your screens is blue light. I'm even talking like pounding yourself with EMF while you're trying to ground yourself in the in the earth. You know? Well, like, that that too. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes, what I'm talking that's, about. It's but... gonna potentially have an interference there as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's just the mental aspect of it. Mm-hmm. If your phone is vibrating in your I pocket know. every ten Ugh. seconds, mm-hmm. your brain is constantly going back there, even if you don't check it. Exactly. You're thinking, what was that? Was that important? Maybe right. I need to check that. Right. And you know, you know, if you're listening to this, you know that your instinct is, I've got to check this. Turn your you, notifications You have off, a compulsion, right. right? When I went and did my my retreat in Hawaii back in August, mm-hmm. two weeks without a phone, the first two days were so hard. Mm-hmm. They were so hard because I had this constant compulsion to be checking a phone. Mm-hmm. It was like this really weird form of boredom. Yeah. Even though like none of us are really like, Oh, my phone is so entertaining and I love it and everything. Like mm-hmm. we all complain that we're on our phones too much and social media sucks, but we are addicted to it. We are. And I'm, I'm getting way off track again, but, um, but basically yes, put your phone on airplane mode, mm-hmm. put it on airplane mode, yeah. go to the local park, walk around barefoot. Yeah. Right. If you have to borrow a friend's dog so that you don't feel like a creeper just walking around the park, I don't know. Yeah. Now, if you have the opportunity to go into even realer nature, mm-hmm. like you've got mountains nearby or a beach nearby, mm-hmm. even better. Right. Take advantage of it every day if you can. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, that could be more healing than virtually anything else you do. Uh, can we talk about one of my most favorite therapies ever? That helps with mitochondrial function. Yes. Ozone. 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 Oh my gosh. Okay. So next week we're going to have Dr. Minkoff. Minkoff. Are we, is this going live before his? Yeah. 
Like okay. this one will go live before his, but we yeah. talk about ozone therapy with him and he talks about mitochondrial function and how, yeah. it, you know, he talks about how it helps like enhance mitochondrial function. You guys, ozone and mitochondria are like the perfect match made in heaven. And ozone helps the mitochondria work even better mm -hmm. because ozone has a negative charge and it helps within the ATP production mm -hmm. uh, that the mitochondria perform. Right. And so it gives over that electron that the mitochondria needs to create ATP. So yep. that is why ozone therapy is so effective. And that's why, you know, a lot of people that come in to do ozone therapy, they're tired, mm -hmm. but then they get energy, right. right? Because it's it was that charge that the mitochondria needed to create energy. Right. A lot of people that come in wired, you know, and lots of times they're wired because it's it's like a misfiring almost, like mm -hmm. it's a mismanagement mm -hmm. of energy. Um, they they will come out of the ozone sauna and they are nice and relaxed. I always know when I'm highly anxious and I can't sleep for nights. Like it's several nights in a row where I just can't sleep. I, it just takes one or two sessions in the mm -hmm. hocket and I'm like sleeping like a baby back again to normal. Yeah. because it brings everything back to homeostasis right. and it gives the body and the mitochondria, the energy and the, that, that, that negative electron needed in order for all of these cells in the mitochondria to do their processes. Mm -hmm. Because remember that mitochondria, that that's literally where the Krebs cycle happens. That's literally where ATP is performed. And ATP is the energy the, currency mm -hmm. of the cells, right? It's, exactly. It's how they perform everything they do. Exactly. Now, um, what's really cool about ozone is that it is actually a, it's a technology advancement, mm -hmm. right? There wasn't like some big source of ozone that people could tap into before science. Right. So I mean, there was ozone from electricity, like uh, from uh, well, storms. Right. But that was, that was being in nature. Mm -hmm. That was grounding naturally. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And there's the ozone layer. So, so I want you to think of ozone therapy, whether that's through a hocket ozone sauna or injections or mm -hmm. even, you know, like IVs. Mm -hmm. um, it is not, it's not a cure, obviously. Yeah. It's not going to fix the underlying issues, mm -hmm. but it is a very important tool to get you to wellness faster. Right. In combination with everything else. Yes. Okay. So if you're eating like crap, but you're trying to do ozone and you're like, it's not working. Well, yeah, you know, it's because they're like canceling out each other. Right. I mean, if you have a really high uh, toxic burden in yeah. your body, tons do of ozone. heavy metals, yeah. bacteria, viral, whatever stuff going on, mm -hmm. even the ozone treatments, they're, they're going to be very helpful, but they're not going to be able to get to the really fundamental work of addressing the mitochondrial function. Right. If all that ozone is being depleted, trying to kill off these pathogens and, and neutralizing all of these you. toxins. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Dr. Minkoff, uh, he explained how ozone works with heavy metals and mm -hmm. it's really interesting, but basically ozone is a negative charged mm -hmm. ion and heavy metals have a positive charge. Mm -hmm. And so when they come together and they react together right. and now we are able to expel this, yeah. it, it neutralizes it and then we expel it. Which by the way is kind of like alkalizing the body, exactly. which is pretty cool. Right. Exactly. Um, all right. So what else is helpful? Uh, watch, watch the sunrise, especially if you have access to seeing the sunrise mm -hmm. do it yeah don't do it through a window it doesn't work windows block out really important frequencies of light mm -hmm. 
Um, don't do it with glasses on. Don't do it with contacts in. Mm-hmm. Take it all out and your bare eyes watching the sunrise. Right. In fact, while you're out there, meditate yeah. and watch the sunrise. Mm-hmm. Two for one. Yeah. Right. Do it barefoot. Three for one. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. So many benefits that can come. 20 minutes. Exactly. Right. Just give yourself 20 minutes. Exactly. Let's see what else. Okay. Your food. Eat real food. Yeah. I don't even know what That's else easy. to say about that. Um, my opinion is that seafood is really great in this sense. Mm-hmm. Preferably wild caught, probably salmon because as a lower metal burden yeah. right yeah. um but that that dha in there the the good omega-3s are going to be extremely beneficial yeah lots of vegetables y'all yeah right basically eat a paleo exactly. paleo diet yeah um let's see what else okay other things that are maybe not natural but can help us to address that red light therapy yes so Sauna is absolutely infrared. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the red light in particular, once again, it addresses those frequencies. Yeah. Now on the flip side of that, you've got to avoid blue light, especially at night. Mm-hmm. Right. The only blue light ideally that you should be getting is what you get when you're outside at midday right. from the sun. And how many people are working late Everybody. at night? Underneath Everyone. fluorescent lights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Not helpful. It. Yep. Right. Now... Honestly, I think people should take it even further and get themselves some blue light blocking glasses Mm -hmm. to wear as soon as it, the sun sets. Right. Right. In fact, some people will take it as far. I don't know if I'm there yet, but some people will say, if you are going to watch TV, you should be wearing long sleeves and covering as much of your skin as you can. Because like Jeanique said earlier, Mm -hmm. your skin has photoreceptors, which means that that blue light can affect you. Even if you're wearing blue light blocking glasses, if you've got a bunch of skin exposed to it. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Interesting, right? Mm -hmm. And again, I don't think that that's going to be like the one thing that makes the biggest difference in the world, but it's a simple thing to address. Right. So you might as well do it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, I don't know. What else? What else would go in there? Exercise. Well, I mean, definitely, but, but you don't want to push it too hard. Exactly. Once again, if you've got mitochondrial dysfunction Mm -hmm. and you're going to like orange theory and cranking out tons and tons of, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever treadmill laps, rowing, that might be too much. You might cause yourself problems. However, the right amount of exercising without stressing your body actually helps your cells create even more mitochondria. So you're making, so it's like having more batteries or more backup batteries. Right. So exercising equal, well, Healthy exercising equals right. you know, more mitochondrial the, function. The key is being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Especially the guys out there, you're going to want to push yourself really hard to right. prove that you're a real man yeah. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily in your best interest. No, For some people, yeah. just doing super slow weightlifting is the best thing for them. Um, now, a lot of people think, you know, the more I exercise, the more weight I'm going to lose. But actually, 75% of weight loss is actually nutrition and 25% is exercise. So redistribute your focus, right? right? Like focus your weight loss on 75% what you do in the kitchen. Right. 
and 25% in the gym. Plus, if your mitochondria aren't working properly, mm-hmm. you're not going to lose weight. You're not. You're going to be more. So, and a good gauge to know, am I am I working out too hard? Is, is this not sustainable for my body? If it takes you days and days to recover and you're just sore all the time and you're just exhausted and you have to, like, and here's the thing. This is what drives me nuts, you guys. How many people have to take pre-workout before they work out? Why are we doing this? Why? Why are we trying to force the body mm-hmm. to expound on energy that it doesn't have already? Right. I think there I think there might be a place in very specific situations mm-hmm. for elite athletes. For elite athletes. And that's like most of which five percent of are not. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just I'm just being honest. That was that's well no. I, I mean most of which you are not. I'm definitely not an elite athlete. And so but but no, that was really funny. But no, you guys, like if you are having to take stimulants to stimulate yourself in the gym, you're doing it wrong, you know? And so if your mitochondria isn't working for you, but against you, you're going to get nowhere. And then you're going to mess up your hormones. And I said this on Instagram and I'm going to say it again. If your hormones are not balanced, that it like trying to lose weight Mm -hmm. with imbalanced hormones is like trying to push a boulder uphill and being disappointed that you're not getting momentum. Yeah. And you're like, why isn't this getting easier? Well, Because you're pushing it uphill. Actually, it's going to get harder and it's going to get heavier and it's going to get worse. Right. right? So balance, like make sure everything is in place so that the like weight loss shouldn't be hard. And a lot of people are listening to me and they're groaning and they're like, actually, it's really, really hard. Mm -hmm. No, it's because we have all been doing it wrong. We're all doing it wrong. Right. So go ahead. No, I was just going to say, remember that working out is stress. Uh It might be good stress but it's still stress. And mm-hmm. at some point you reach a burden of stress that is bad for your body, right. no matter what the source is. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind when you're mm-hmm. planning your workouts. Mm-hmm. If your stress level is already up to your neck, yep. maybe it's not the best idea for you to be doing a 10 mile run. Right. Maybe pushing your stress that high will then throw off your hormones. Mm-hmm. It'll mess with your mitochondrial function and then you're going to end up working against your goals. Right. You're going to increase your risk of injury, Mm -hmm. which guarantees you're not going to be doing 10 mile runs in the future. Exactly. But it also make it very difficult for you to reach your weight goals if that's something that you have. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Um, There. Oh, watch the sunset goes right along with the sunrise. Mm -hmm. Right. Once again, because that that red red light. light. Yep. Yep. Okay. Supplementation. Okay. Do we have time to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, we totally do. Awesome. B vitamins? Well, definitely, yes. <laughs> but there are some that are even more important than others. Yes. Um, one vitamin that has been shown to potentially have the biggest effect on mitochondrial function is yes. thiamine, mm-hmm. B1. Thiamine's awesome. However, there are some people who cannot tolerate high doses of thiamine. And why is that? Well, there's a lot of stuff that can go into it. Um, but sometimes it's because they don't have enough selenium. Mm-hmm. So you might need to do selenium in addition yeah. to your thiamine. And thiamine is a B vitamin too that we we burn through rapidly if we're eating too many carbs or mm-hmm. if we're drinking too much alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so we become really depleted in thiamine when we're just, and, and how many Americans are eating tons and tons of carbs? Everyone. Oh, and if you stress a lot too. And if you stress a lot too. So if you're stressing, if you're eating a ton of carbs and if you're drinking alcohol, you are going to burn through your thiamine like no other, mm-hmm. right? So make sure when you're getting selenium and you're undoing all of those three things that I just said. Yep. 
Yeah. So you might also need more niacin, which mm-hmm. is another B vitamin, B3. Mm-hmm. Um, niacin helps to increase NADH levels, mm-hmm. which starts getting into the Krebs cycle and all yeah. that. So we don't we don't need to go there. But uh, what I'm trying to say is it's not always enough to just take one B vitamin. Exactly. A lot of times you need the full complex. Mm-hmm. Riboflavin also extremely mm-hmm. important. That's B2. Yeah. And then that's not even taking into account all the other stuff that happens. All you MTHFR mutants out there. Mutants. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, right? yeah. It's a mutation. Um, B12, B9, B6. Yeah. Riboflavin again, they all become very important. Can I, can I say something about B12 really fast? Cause yeah. I keep seeing this in my, with my clients is everyone's taking a B12 supplement. Now, do we recognize that taking too much B12 can sometimes, uh, like hide a folate deficiency mm-hmm. and we do not want that. All right. right. So if you are mega dosing on B12, please make sure you're taking folate as well. Yeah. I'm not. Because they work synergistically together. So. I'm personally not into that. I, I'm not I hate seeing that someone's taking just one, just, B just B12. I know. So w- maybe just B12 stop never, that. never, it doesn't work on its own. It <laughs> almost know. always has it folate doesn't. with it. It has to. So why wouldn't you be doing folate too? I, there's someone out there that's selling a B12 and everyone's buying it. Oh well, no. Like, I mean, there's tons of, this? there's tons of B12 supplements out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. But, but so my question is always why, especially if you haven't been doing a bunch of testing, mm-hmm. if you have been doing a bunch of testing, let's say your MMA levels are very low. Mm-hmm. Fine, maybe a B12 supplement if Explain everything else was perfect. Well, it's just an indicator that can that more directly points to B12. Mm-hmm. You can test B12 directly, yeah. but it doesn't tell you a whole lot mm-hmm. because even if your levels look good, you may not be absorbing it. Right. MMA, um, I I don't want to try to tell you what it is because I can't remember it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but this blood That's marker right. is a much more accurate marker for whether your body is actually utilizing b12 and whether you actually need more b12 or not Mm -hmm. so if that's the only thing that's off everything else is perfect fine do a b12 supplement 99 times out of 100 Mm -hmm. it's not just b12 though yeah right so get all the b's Mm -hmm. but in some cases when mitochondrial function is particularly problematic thiamine is really the key. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of providing all the other cofactors that help yeah. your body properly use thiamine. Right. Um, what else did I forget there? Uh, NAC can also be mm-hmm. really, really important. It's a precursor to glutathione. Yeah. And glutathione is very important for this whole process. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Yep. Because what else? What so else? glutathione, it's an antioxidant and oxidative mm-hmm. stress can harm mitochondria, mm-hmm. which is why you mentioned the NAC. Like we, we right. want to be really, really mindful of any kind of inflammation, right? Inflammation hurts well, mitochondria. Yeah. But also, also because of the glutathione levels, because mm-hmm. you've got glutathione reductase and mm-hmm. it helps with the whole redox process. Right. Which is, so, which yeah. is the body, correct me if I'm wrong, but glutathione helps to neutralize reactive oxygen species, which is that yeah. redox Functionally so, speaking, mm-hmm. yes, that's that's what's going on. So there. it's 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 just neutralizing the mm-hmm. inflammatory dudes that yeah. go in and destroy mitochondria, right. and can also be a really important factor in whether thiamine does its trick in right. boosting the mitochondrial function. Yes. Right. Um, so we've got all that stuff going on. The methylated B vitamins. Oh, by the way, your thiamine source can also be problematic. Mm-hmm. Just doing a regular thiamine supplement, especially if it's a thiamine HCL. Mm-hmm. which is the cheap one that you'll find in almost every B supplement out there mm-hmm. may not be good enough. Yeah. You might need something like uh, one that I really like is lipothiamine mm-hmm. because it 
absorbs a lot better. Yeah. Right. Um, there's other good ones out there too, but you may not just want to go willy nilly taking it because some people have a thiamine intolerance because they're missing these other cofactors. So that's why there's a whole big list. Maybe in the show notes, we'll put up the whole list of, of things that might need to be included with that thiamine. Mm -hmm. Now there's a couple other things that I think are really helpful. One of them is Q10, CoQ10, CoQ10. Uh uh-huh. Um, which is a, it's an antioxidant. It's found in heart muscle primarily, but it can be extremely important for proper energy production. Which is why we like organ complex because it has heart in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we are coming out with our own organ complex soon, you guys. Well, we're working on we're it. Working it's not on a it. done deal yet. And I guess so. by soon, I mean three months. Like yeah. to me, soon is like anything in less than 12 months. So We're, we're still in, in the investigation phase. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, it's not a guarantee it's not a at this deal, point. But, but we are pursuing it. Mm-hmm. Another thing that can be really, really helpful, L-carnosine, mm-hmm. which is an amino acid. Yeah. Now L-carnosine is not an essential amino acid, meaning that we do produce our own, but our levels max out at the age of 16. Mm-hmm. By the age of 40, they're at half their peak. That's nice. And they just keep on declining from there. Yeah. So and, supplement with L-carnosine or eat it. And, and carnosine, yeah, yeah, eat it, but you're going to need to eat a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, carnosine is uh, one that there's just lots of great research out there showing that it directly helps with mitochondrial function and heart rate variability. can That's make awesome. a huge difference. Yeah. Um, it also needs some cofactors, though, like L-carnitine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think methionine is in there. So there's those MTHFR things as well. Yeah. But um, but the the product in particular I really like is um, Carnazine Extra from Mitochondrial Rescue because it is incredibly potent. Mm-hmm. And here's the cool thing about L-carnosine: super safe. Yeah, like you're not going to have overdose issues with it. Right. So you can do these really high doses of it, kickstart your mitochondrial function. Yeah. And get yourself feeling better way faster. Yeah. So I think that covers all the supplements that I like for it. That's awesome. Obviously, individuals are going to vary in what they actually need. But when it comes down to it, start with the lifestyle factors. Mm -hmm. You cannot make up for those with the supplements. Right. Exactly. Especially that stress reduction piece. Mm -hmm. Everything kind of comes down to that in the end. Exactly. So take care of your lifestyle. Throw in the supplements to get yourself there faster. Right. And see yourself start to heal way, way better than yep. you would have before. Yep. If we were to try to go straight to a detox with you before you taking care of this, you, you probably wouldn't tolerate it real. In fact, one of the reasons we started thinking about this is because our liver reset, which mm-hmm. it, it really does support the detox process. Right. We had a certain percentage of people who just don't tolerate it at all. They weren't doing like ninety percent of people they do it and like holy cow, everything is better. I would Life say it's is like amazing closer to now. like ninety five percent of people yeah, were yeah, doing maybe. really amazing. They they just have awesome results. And then you get that five percent and they tank. Like, this was awful. I felt horrible the whole mm-hmm. time and it never got any better. What is wrong? What yep. did I do? They didn't do anything wrong. Right. We skipped a step. Yep. And that was the mitochondrial function. So, so those are the people that we're going to try to catch in our center mm-hmm. sooner so that we don't put them through that. Right. But for you personally, if you don't have the opportunity to get your heart rate variability checked or right. to somehow figure out your mitochondrial function, mm-hmm. you can probably just assume that you need to start there. Right. 
and begin addressing it. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're not already spending time in nature and grounding and managing your stress and doing all of that. Right. Exactly. So hopefully this was helpful. Yeah. This was really fun. I I think that this is kind of the missing link that a lot of people have not quite figured out. They've done everything. They've seen Mm -hmm. all the experts and they're just not getting results. Yeah. I think this could be it. It is. And, you know, like like we said, we're going to incorporate it into Provo Health with our clients. Um, but I am also really excited because Tristan and Aubrey are going to develop. And I, I'm going to have Aubrey help develop classes for the Gutsy Health membership, the mm-hmm. premium membership that is going to be included in how to heal your body through your subconscious. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, mitochondrial function, having mental well-being, you know, being in the right mindset for healing like all of these little factors, these little cofactors, they're actually really important, right? right. They're part of the baseline. They're part of, you know, the root system of healing. Mm -hmm. And so if we can really nurture that root system through mitochondrial function, through happy thoughts, you know, retraining the subconscious, getting your absorption on point, you know, your digestion on point, then I think people are going to start seeing such great results in their healing processes. Yeah, it's just such a, way more comprehensive mm-hmm. approach to healing because this is like this is healing from the metaphysical level to the organelle level to the cellular mm-hmm. level to the tissue level to the organ level you know like it's multi-layered yeah. you know and so um so keep that in mind as you listen to this podcast today and hopefully you learned something new and something fun and you're gonna try and spend more time out in nature and All that's right. it that's it, you guys. Um, if you like the podcast, please leave a review. Share it with your friends. Share it with your non-friends. Um, I'm we're, just kidding. We're going to try to be more consistent <laughs> going forward. No promises. No prom. You know, you guys, life is just happening. And that's okay. We don't... I always say at Provo Health with our clients, I'm like, I don't expect perfection. And, you know, and that and that goes for the podcast. Like, yeah. you know, I, it is not worth the stress of being like, oh, no, it's 12 o'clock at night on Sunday and we haven't come out with the podcast yet and so now we're saying no we we just need to sleep we we did that for the first year yeah and honestly it was pretty rough it was rough and so now we're trying to take care of ourselves trying to address our own mitochondrial function (laughs) exactly exactly so thanks you guys thanks for listening thanks for sticking around and i hope you enjoy the next few episodes that come out Um, they're going to be really fabulous we love you we will talk to you soon bye